Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of CLI, Create, Learn, Implement podcast. I hope you guys are having a great day. Um, there's been some crazy things happening. I haven't really said much on my Instagram because quite frankly, I'm still trying to figure, I, I think I'm still processing everything. I am still working through my emotions but we are in interesting times. And what I'm seeing, the one thing I do have to say is I see a lot of companies placating with, with um, you know, with their efforts in this, in, in this movement. And we're truly looking for change. I don't want to be placated as a black person. I want reforms. I want laws changed. So canceling, um, what's the show again? Cops and uh, suspending um, this old time movie. I can't remember what it is, but that's not what I'm looking for. Donations are wonderful. Um, you know, the NFL taking responsibility is wonderful. But I'm looking for changes in the law, systemic changes legislative changes and i'm i'm still working through my emotions i might uh go live and and speak i'm not sure yet but i'm using my podcast platform as always to empower inspire people to go out and 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 make a change so use this information to go out and make a change for yourself. Right now, we should be pushing, you know, black businesses, businesses, you know, to get started, to, to you know, inspiring you to, to move and move on that dream. Because part of what is going to change things is the money, you know, money factor, the black dollar. And so we want to spend it in our communities I have no hate, no dislike, disdain for anyone, for any race, for any culture. However, money talks and and we got to impact, make an impact with our dollar. And so that that's all I got to say about that. But on today's episode, I have someone that I've been watching for years on YouTube. Years. I have I have stuff in my cupboard, recipes and <laughs> things like that you know, mixes, elixirs, <laughs> because of beautiful brown baby doll, Dr. Nina Ellis Hervey. I'm so excited to have her on and, and, you know, have her share with you guys. It was such a great conversation and I hope you guys enjoyed on the other side. One of my many goals in life is to impact women's lives by helping them start a business using some of the same methods I've used to start my own business. I understand starting a business can be very overwhelming, especially if you're one of those people that simply don't know what business to start. Let me help you with that process. You can reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I am Coyera, or you can email me at info at Coyeta.com and let me help you create the life you want.
Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Okay, let me have a fangirl moment for a hot minute. Hey, beautiful brown baby doll. <laughs> hey, how are you? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm so excited to have you on. So you are a psychologist, coach, certified life coach at that, a professor, speaker, YouTuber, and podcast host. How do you have time? How do you have time to do all this? Tell me. <laughs> you know, I don't even know that I know how I have this time. <laughs> I will say, I will say I've accepted life's challenge of the fact that you don't have control, right? And yeah. you do what you do, you can do with the time that you have and you make the most out of the time that you have. Um, so I, you know, most people don't know that I do have down times. I do have times where I don't do as much, but when I do have the time, let's say I have a day, you know, that I know is pretty free. I'm able to knock out several things yeah. and that might look like a normal person's five day work week. You know? <laughs> right, right. Um, right. And I have my downtime. So that's usually how I do it. And I have to say that it's got to be blessings from the creator as well, from God. Um, and I think that I'm, I'm just a very determined person when it comes to setting a goal and accomplishing mm -hmm. it. Awesome. So, so take me back a little bit. We, we, we see you as the accomplished woman you are today. Take, tell us more about who a young Nina was before she became a doctor. Who, who was young Nina? I will say young Nina was a, a dreamer, a dreamer, a person who, uh, or a young person who was very much interested in the world and mm -hmm. what was out there beyond my scope, beyond what I could see. Um, I grew up, um, I grew up and was adopted at three months old, uh, yeah. and raised in St. Louis primarily and also Memphis, Tennessee, um, by a single parent mother. And she wanted to instill as much as she could in me in terms of being educated and learning about the world and also learning the essence of, I don't think this is highlighted enough, but being ladylike, mm -hmm. also having, um, goals and dreams beyond where you are. Right. Uh, and, and being otherworldly, and I think when I say otherworldly, not superhuman, <laughs> not that, but I right. think she wanted me to learn the things that she didn't have access to growing up. So I was classically trained to piano, violin, viola, cello, uh, rap, sang, did the church thing. I was Church of God in Christ, uh, grew up doing almost every church ministry, uh, learned how to speak well and orate um, very young from Easter speeches and singing in the choir and everything oh, else. And wow. so I was a, a dreamer and a person who always saw things that you wanted as possible if you worked on them. Right. Absolutely. That is, that is a full life and you're still a young, <laughs> you're still young. <laughs> Can you imagine what's to come next? I know that for me next, uh, one of the bigger things I'm working on right now mm -hmm. uh, is my mentorship membership, which will allow um, people to have the opportunity to learn not only from my expertise, yeah. but from research-based studies um, and information that really can help to catapult their life and where they are and where they want to be. Um, that's the next biggest project. But other than that, I know I envision myself... Uh, extending to possibly one day um, a private practice that I had, not that I run, but that I had. <laughs> yeah. um, and then also um, I see myself continuing to consult with larger companies 
and also hopefully uh, in the future, a television show. That's, that's something that I really do see myself doing. And furthermore, a wife and a mother. Uh, I, I can see all those things happening I, for you. I want. <laughs> yeah, I can see it all happen. For you. If you've done this much already, the sky's the limit, man. I believe. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So, so tell me, you are a psychologist. So, what made mm-hmm. you um, attracted to the human mind? Like, what was it that stood out to you? I I really felt that even though I had a small amount of uh, when I say a small amount of friends. People will tell the story that I was always pretty popular. Yeah. I don't think I was aware of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, I, <laughs> but I had really good friends and good friendships. And I was always a person that was good at giving advice and also advice that wasn't tainted mm-hmm. by my own life story. Um, and so I always liked imparting knowledge, but also uh, researched information to other people like my friends would joke and be like Nina is the person that if you want to know about the Tyrannosaurus Rex she's going to pull out the encyclopedia she's going to make sure you're knowledgeable <laughs> right. she's going to make sure you understand it um, so I, I, I acknowledged early in life my ability to be non-biased with helping people and also being able to hear their stories and help to motivate them and challenge them where they needed to be Um, And so that started with college. And and in college, I had my own set of ups and downs between the weight gain, between being away from family, between um, pretty much my first year, kind of sitting out from everything and almost flunking out of college. Mm -hmm. Um, And so from that, what I learned was uh, it's essential that you have something you can reach back to, voices that are familiar, things that really help you. And so I sought mentorship and I found a mentor and a clinical psychologist um, who really helped to shape and formulate my thoughts, Mm -hmm. um, my ability to understand what the profession was about and my abilities to translate what I loved in life um, into what I do in my professional life. And so that kind of led me to where I am now. And I just love being able to see people go from point A to point B and also accept the losses that they go through in yeah. order to get to there right absolutely that's that's important to accept the losses not just the wins but also the losses the losses <laughs> that's and a tough one people have to understand that there's usually more losses than wins that's absolutely. what makes the win sweet absolutely absolutely now, now how did you become to be the youtuber named beautiful brown baby doll <laughs> well that's a funny story I don't think it was as complex as I would like it yeah. I've always been a person that loves to play with alliteration and words and so um, a friend of mine back in the day when YouTube was still really fresh but it had been around for a while she said hey there's this platform and you you are a great storyteller um, and you've lost a lot of weight and I just think you should come tell people about it I was like yeah but I've already lost the weight they won't see me doing it so right, I'm just right. supposed to sit and talk and she was like, yeah, you know, you, we know you're great. You know, you're great. Just go ahead and do it. And um, the name itself, before even catapulting that, came from the fact that ever since I was a child, I have been compared to some type of doll ever since I was a child. So <laughs> yeah. whether people called me a China doll, I was called a China doll growing up. Mm-hmm. I was called one of those dolls that, you know, when you sit them backwards, their eyes closed. Oh, Lord. <laughs> And then when you sit them up, their eyes open. Right. Um, I was that doll. And then as I gained weight, when I got larger, people called me a Cabbage Patch Kid. 
Um, it was always funny. Why would they have this affinity always... for dolls and, and you? Like, that's, what I, is this? I don't know. <laughs> and it would come from different people, different backgrounds, yeah. different races. And even now, I meet people that are unaware of my brand. And at my age, I still <laughs> meet people and they're like, man, you just look like a little doll. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's the name I can't shake. <laughs> so, but with that said, though, yeah. I also thought about the essence of a doll. What does a doll represent? A doll is timeless, right? And yet a doll has a story. Usually dolls are passed down with history, right? Mm-hmm. We dress them up. We refurbish them. We put them back together. Yeah. We pass them down to the next generation. They have stories. They've been through things. They don't always speak on, you know, we don't hear a doll speak. Mm-hmm. We don't have them speak on things that they've been through. But the stories that are told about them, we usually use in order to help us to see our own situations for what they are. And so that was how I came up with Beautiful Brown Baby Doll, BBBD, three-dimensional doll. Yes. Uh, so that was where the name came from. And that was where the first video launched uh, about my weight loss and fitness and how I wanted to help people there. And of course, that caught on. So people were thinking, oh, well, you do this and you do that. Well, can you tell us more about that? And so that just developed into an overall lifestyle brand. Awesome. And, and it's a good one. <laughs> I've been following you, as Thank I said, you. for a while. So uh, <laughs> we're going to pause on the weight loss because I'm, I'm going to get to that one. Um, But I want to know how it also feels to know that you're a role model for many women. Like I, I, they message you, I'm sure that, you know, in the comment section Mm -hmm. on YouTube, they have a lot of great things to say. How does it feel to know that, like, that wasn't even your intent, but this is what it is. You know, and I, and I'm going to acknowledge the good and say, also, I acknowledge uh, the not so good. Yeah. So here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I've realized that through being a person who's admired or respected, I think it's even better that I've been able to be vocal about my losses, like I've said. Yeah. Um, I think in serving as a role model, what I want people to see is not only just the realness, but the rawness mm-hmm. of a life that comes with purpose. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm, I'm elated and happy that people look to me for advice. They trust what I say. They trust what I do. Um, I mean, the platform is at almost a million right now. And so I I feel like I am reaching back to those that really need that. I've had everybody call me anything from an auntie, a sister, a daughter, a mother, um, everything. So I feel like for all age groups, I serve as something. And I feel that that work that I feel fulfilled in that it's my work. I feel like I am translating my definitions and my meaning and who I am very well but also I'm allowing them to see themselves yes no matter their race no matter their background of course uh I love my black women (laughs) (laughs) yes yes for me but I know that lots of other races watch me from white to Indian to you know Australian I mean uh, different people races and ethnicities and cultures watch Mm -hmm. um so I try to make sure that I am translating my experience in a way that allows them to see themselves. And so I'm happy that that's happening. And then to go back and address the not so positive, mm-hmm. what I've noticed is that even those that have been negative with me in their approach, they usually come back, which is interesting because I'm one of those people who has a lot of followers that actually reads comments yeah. because I'm, I'm pretty stable. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, <laughs> I know everybody ain't going to like you. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but What I've noticed is even those naysayers have come back and said, you know what? I realize 
then I was mad at you because I didn't have the ability to let let myself be seen. I was mm-hmm. uncomfortable with who I am. And so what I'm realizing is that not that I was mad at you, but I think that there was an undertone of what I hadn't identified as jealousy of your ability to be who you are. And I had right. to realize that. And so I've had people actually come back that have been negative about the brand, mm-hmm. come back and and not that I was trying to change their opinion, but because they've seen the consistency, the work and the effort and dedication, they too have become motivated. So I think that that has been a big part of what fulfills me and it makes me feel good about being a role model. Absolutely. And you should, you should, I mean, they're going to be haters to anything we do. Um, but the added element of, of drawing them around from your work ethic is um, it speaks volumes about who you are. Yes. Right? Thank yeah. you. Thank you. You're welcome. And you know, you are a psychologist. Uh, you are also a professor who, who, you know, you have a student body, so how, how do you propose that we motivate young people, um, you know, wherever they are, black, white, pink, purple, to be goal oriented? Because some of, you know, what you've achieved has not been an easy feat. Yeah. Um, wow. Great question. I would say that one of the biggest things is showing that still learning is important. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of times that what separates the role model or the professor or the teacher or the uh, the person who's in charge or the mentor from the student or the learner is oftentimes making it seem as if you've already reached your peak, mm-hmm. right? The reason why I think the brand doesn't get old is because I'm willing to show I don't know everything. And right. as I learn, you learn. And you never, even when you become an expert, are truly an expert. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think as a professor, I try to take that stance too. I've had students, I teach doctoral students, I teach master's students, I've even taught at the undergraduate level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, what I love is that they ask me questions and they think it's interesting that I'll tell them, I don't know that, but I'll go look at it and get back with you. Um, yeah, that's the real, that's the real. <laughs> right, you know, yeah. everybody doesn't know everything. And when you stop learning, I think that's when you stop growing. And I think that's when you start aging, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. think you know it all and you've already been there. And, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to offer. Right. So I try to make sure that I keep it fresh in that way by letting them know that I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still living. And there's still so much in this world that I want to do. And I, I'm, I'm happy that you saw that passion for the more that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, because even though I've accomplished so much, it would be a shame to say I stop now. Yeah. I mean, why stop when you can keep going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. And I absolutely. think it keeps you humble, too. Keeps you humble. Yeah. And it, it keeps you functioning. It keeps your brain moving. It keeps, it's like the grease is, you know, the, it keeps the wheels greased. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so now we're going to talk about the weight loss, but I'm going to frame it in this way. What were some truths that you had to acknowledge about yourself before you lost 108 pounds? Ooh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think acknowledging first that you don't like something enough to change it. Right. Um, And that it's okay to not like something about yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that first off, the world teaches us that you should just love yourself. You should just love who you are. But again, that's a pitfall because that stops you in your ultimate goal. That stops you in your 
ultimate uh, ability to be able to change and transform. And life is all about transformation. Yes. Um, we even transform as we age. That's right. right. So yeah. You cannot get to point Z or B, wherever it is, um, without the the essence of transformation. So I had to realize that I was unhappy with something and address it. That was my first time really being able to say, you know what? I don't too much like this. I don't like how this feels. I don't know like how it makes me feel. And also I think it's affecting the relationships I have with others. Mm-hmm. Um, as a child, I was always, I want to say somewhat or by default, the smallest mm-hmm. um, because I was a year behind most everybody. I started school when I was four years old. Um, and, you know, I was kind of the youngest in the class. Um, but when I gained weight, I remember being the biggest. Right. And one thing that I always remembered was sometimes you have to become small in order to become big. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. And so one thing I, I had learned to do as a bigger person was to reduce my presence. So I wasn't living out my fulfillment. I wasn't being exactly who I was. Sometimes I worried about being too loud or being too this or being too that because I didn't want to draw attention to that. Um, mm. I was happy and people will call that happy, but I think that there was always something within me that knew that they, this could be better for me. And you hear me say for me because everybody didn't want to lose weight. But for right. me, it was about my health. For me, it was about what's beyond this place. For me, it was about I want to live a long time. I want to be my best. I want to do my best. And if all these things I'm looking to aim and achieve and, and grow in are going to happen, then I have to make this happen. And so it affected my relationships by way of how I was dating, who I was dating, who I, how I was allowing people to treat me, uh, because I didn't think as highly of myself. And that Mm -hmm. whole journey was designated to help me think more highly of myself. And that's Mm -hmm. what I needed. And not everybody needs the essence of weight loss for that. But weight loss represents so many other things that we need to do in order to treat ourselves better and therefore receive better treatment from the world. Absolutely. That that is that's a good point. Um, You know, for those that don't know you, um, your YouTube, um, you know, page or what you have going on there explain a little bit about what caused you to put on weight okay I will definitely say it was a some feelings of depression anxiety Mm -hmm. not being rested in who I was uh not feeling that um I was being honest about my feelings with everyone um also, in a, in a sense, at that young age, feeling stuck, feeling yeah. stuck, not really knowing what I wanted, how I wanted it to happen, and allowing uh, food to help me cope with that. Um, so, in essence, it was unhealthy coping skills and not realizing mm-hmm. the essence of my mental health either and where that was. Um, because we're not exactly taught that from childhood, right? You know, yes, you yes. have the people who might be unhealthy, but we never get to the root of why that's happening. Um, mm-hmm. if, if food is the only thing you feel like you can control, then you will depend on food, not just because you're hungry or because you want to overeat, but you feel like that's the only thing you have control over. Mm-hmm. Um, not your feelings, not your surroundings, not the people around you. And so I think that was a big part of it. Um, yeah. But I definitely know that that was one of my first times experiencing depression, which heightened the weight, you know, and 
heighten the guilt and heighten the thoughts of, of negative thoughts about myself. And, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think it was just eating all the time, but it was what I was eating too. Um, yeah. And not understanding the essence of having to take care <laughs> of what you eat and how you eat and, and, and that being important because even as a young person, you're taught, Oh, you're young. You can eat what you want. You can do what you want. But sometimes True. that can cause depression. You know, True. that still puts <laughs> yeah. a lot of pressure on you when you are getting chunky and you're young, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's but I thought I could eat whatever I want. Um, so I think <laughs> all of those things combined, it had to do with my mental health. Mm-hmm. That's that's excellent. That's an excellent point. Mental health is so important and mental health issues can manifest itself in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. One being weight gain, one being, you know, suicidal thoughts, so many different ways. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. Now, with, with that in mind, you know, what are some truths that we need to admit to ourselves about mental health, perhaps, or or, you know, weight gain or what are some truths we need to tell ourselves? admit to ourselves I should say I think one of the biggest things that we need to admit to ourselves um, is that we are struggling okay Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. my next uh, podcast episode is going to be it's okay not to be okay that's also going to be the live that I do tonight on YouTube awesome. Um, awesome. so it's okay to not be okay and I think so many times especially women of color and especially black women I think a mm-hmm. lot of times what happens is we forget that we are human. Um, the yes. world likes to remind us of how strong we are, but we are not always strong. We are not mm-hmm. wonder women. We are not uh, super women. We are mm. women. And yes. that comes with a level of softness, kindness, care, um, all of those various different things. So when those things aren't attended to, then our mental health becomes fragile. And we have to be able to acknowledge that and acknowledge that we're not okay. We're not fine. And I like to give my clients, patients, students, all of this, this, all of them, this look at, at life. Um, If you had a broken leg, you would go to an emergency room. You would not walk around with that broken leg. Even if you felt okay with that broken leg, the way people would look at you, the way you would be treated, your thoughts of yourself, right down to putting on your pants, everything would be a struggle. So you wouldn't walk around with it. You would go and get it fixed. Same thing with our mental health. Many of us walk around for years and years with a broken mind that we don't want to fix. And you have to acknowledge that something is wrong and that you're operating outside of your level of comfort in order Mm -hmm. for you to be able to seek help or even deal with it because Everything doesn't take a full out, uh, you know, laid out therapy or treatment plan, but you might need to see someone a couple times to discuss the issue and at least get it out and deal with your feelings. Um, so I think that one thing is just the acknowledgement. And when we start to acknowledge, we acknowledge so many other things in our lives that, as you have said, manifested themselves because mm-hmm. of the mental health de- um, problems that we're experiencing and have not yet approached and, and handled. Mm-hmm. The the therapy stigma with uh, with us black people, mm-hmm. you know, it, we're we're coming around. But why do you think that even that's even a problem? Why are we so afraid of therapy? 
I think because uh, in when we speak specifically about the group of Black people, I mm-hmm. have to say that so many of us have already been told so much is already wrong with us that we can't change. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. We can't change uh, the way that our hair grows. We can't change the complexion of our skin. We can't change uh, the access to other opportunities that we don't have because of this society. So, who wants to take something else and add it on top of that? Yeah. yeah. Um, openly. And, and, yeah. and, and be clear about that. And also um, admit that something else is wrong. But we don't realize that that very thing could be the thing that's holding us back from getting all the other things that we want. Uh, the self-improvement, the growth, mm-hmm. the knowledge, uh, the ability to have access to certain uh, programs or things of that sort. Sometimes that mental strength is what gets in our way. Um, and so I think that therapy is so stigmatized because mm-hmm. of that reason. Because now I'm admitting to being broken. You know, even yeah. though you've admitted to a broken leg, as just an example, we don't even yeah. realize you've admitted that something is wrong. It's the same thing with your mind. Mm-hmm. If you, you can't get it fixed until you've admitted something's wrong. And so I think admitting that and being clear about that and because specifically with black women so many Mm -hmm. negative words are used to hold us back from our feelings oh you're strong the minute we show that we're sad or angry we're crazy or we're the Mm -hmm. angry black woman or we so it's almost going back to that trauma and addressing it and a lot of people want to avoid trauma and in today's society with what we're going through now we're finding that a lot of us have not avoided it well at all Mm -hmm. It's coming yeah. back and it's creeping up to bite us in the butt. So I yeah. think one thing is just really wanting to stay away from the ideal that something is wrong. I always say I'm a psychologist with a therapist. I am not afraid to say it. I'm fine with it. I've used counseling and therapy in different parts in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been great for me. Um, and that's just dealing with the everyday elements of the world. Every day we're encountering something new. We're dealing with things that we never knew existed. We're finding out new things about ourselves and sometimes that takes coping. And especially when you're a group of an oppressed ethnicity, it's quite important because those are angers and things that you and feelings you can't always immediately share with everyone. Mm-hmm. But you get with a good therapist and that helps you to express that so that it doesn't come out in the angry fashion or in the sad fashion. Um, it helps you to express it and move on from it and build from it. Um, so I think that one of the biggest things is really just tackling the fact that it, it, it feels like an admission of something being wrong, but what it could be is helping everything go more right. Mm, that's a good one. And, you know, you mentioned superwoman syndrome, especially with black women. Mm-hmm. And full disclosure, I struggle with that. Mm. <laughs> I struggle with that because people say, oh, you, you're this, you're that. How do you do it? And I'm just like, I don't know, you know, like, yes, you know, sometimes you have to sit down and wonder yourself, how do you really do it? And when you have, when you feel a moment of weakness, you feel like I shouldn't feel like that. I'm strong, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's okay to feel like that. Yeah. It's you gave me a moment, people. doctor, you know, we just had a therapy session. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. And yeah, but so many of us suffer from that. I, yeah. It's, it's so normal, even yeah. that, and we don't like to talk about it. We don't like to talk about that superwoman complex that's been put on us by society. 
Um, and, and I can tell you from a child, I have always, and my mother will report this. I've always been a child that expressed all emotion, anger, <laughs> yeah. uh, sadness, attitude, whatever it is. And I can remember people often making me feel uncomfortable about that, but I really didn't care. And now <laughs> what I'm finding is it's very healthy. Well, yeah. You know, people are like, man, you're so expressive and you say this and you do that. And yeah, but black women especially have been taught that we shouldn't. How come it is that every other race can do it? Right. How come they can be expressive or sad or down or helpless <laughs> or yeah. resting in their femininity? Um, I'm going to do it until the death of me. And I, I want to encourage others to do it too. Um, you know, I didn't get this, get to this point by just being strong. I think one of the big things that people have admired about me is the sharing of the weakness as well, which is yes. transparency. Mm -hmm. And and that's not a superwoman. That's showing that I can get hurt. I can, you know, be down. I can be sad. Um, and sometimes that's essential. That's that's very essential to the human process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you know, you are a woman with with uh, of many talents, many, many hats going on many juggling you know <laughs> going on um so so what inspired you to to want to have multiple sources of income because that's what it is essentially right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. big time yeah <laughs> uh, my mother raised me on fifteen thousand dollars a year for a lot of my life Ooh. um we didn't here's the thing mm -hmm. i never knew i never knew until i got older <laughs> what that meant because my mother was not a complainer right uh, she kept me in every kind of program available. Um, she did almost everything and, and made sure that I had the things that I needed and I had childcare and I had yeah. this and I had that and um, good friendships. And I always dressed nice to school and, but I also learned early to get a job. So I learned early how to hustle or how to make money. Um, and so I knew from her story that I didn't really want to have to worry so much about those things. I didn't want to have to worry. Not that I had to be the highest paid or this or that, um, but I wanted to make sure that I had a sense of security, that I had things that I could use within my reach in order to be able to do the things that I wanted to do. I never wanted to be uh, standing at a grocery store. My mother wouldn't be mad at me for sharing this, but I never, <laughs> she comes and stays with me for months at a time. Yeah. Um, during the school during the year here in mm -hmm. Texas and one thing that's funny is we went to the grocery store and she's still amazed by so many things so they you know we put whatever she wanted in the basket whatever I wanted and we went to go ring up and my mom's like man I didn't even see you blink like she said it's like a beautiful blessing to see that you're not even <laughs> thinking about a calculating how much this costs <laughs> right and and, and I, that was the life I wanted for myself. Mm -hmm. So several streams of income was not to, you know, to stun on people or have people know. Because people say all the time, they know I got some money and they know I know what to do with money. However, mm -hmm. it's not about that. It was about me not having another worry in life. Right. You know, life is already hard. Life already comes with its struggles, whether you have money or not. But it's certainly, like my mama said, nice to step to the cashier and cash register and not be counting your pennies. And so that, that was a big, that was a big thing for me. And so I always stress even to people who uh, I mentor and then with this mentorship membership program, there will be some financial talk in there um, to make sure that you have cushion 
um, to make sure that you have ways of making money. And I think when the multiple streams of income came in for me was in graduate school. Mm -hmm. In graduate school, I not only had an assistantship, once I got my master's degree, I was adjuncting at the Northern Oklahoma College across the street from Oklahoma State, which is where mm -hmm. I was attending. Yeah. I also became a tutor to many student athletes on campus. Um, I've tutored everything, everyone from your Des Bryants to your uh, to Russell Okung, uh, both mm -hmm. of which one play for uh, the Cowboys, another yeah. for um, the Seahawks. Um, I, I, I felt like I tried to make sure that I had different opportunities to make money um, and things that I was interested in so it didn't feel like work. Yes. Uh, and so that's what I've implemented now is making sure I'm doing things that happen to make money, but there's passion behind it. So it naturally is a money maker. I don't feel like I'm doing a lot of work to get the money. Um, and so that's what I always tell people is, is when you're building your streams of income, Make it something that you naturally love doing, something that you're great at, whether it's uh, being an orator, whether it's being a tutor, uh, whether it's teaching people skills that you already have. And I don't care if you don't have a doctorate, you're not an MD, you're not a JD, you're not this, you're not that. Mm -hmm. People always feel like they have nothing to offer, but I was making money before all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I was braiding hair. I was working at McDonald's. I was, you know, top, spray painting clothes for money. Um, I did all kinds of stuff that I was interested in that didn't seem like work in order to make different streams of money. And so that's what I always like to feel is just to feel a sense of security, mm -hmm. even when you're not in control. But at least you don't have to worry about that. Absolutely. That, that is excellent. If, if you are doing something that you are naturally gifted at or like to do, it doesn't feel like work, which... A lot of right. people struggle with because some people don't even know what they're what they're gifted or what their talents are like, mm -hmm. you know, so many questions there. So, so many questions. Yeah, so many questions there. So so where should we start if we're trying to dive into business um, like you, like for YouTube or maybe mm -hmm. um, affiliate marketing or like where should we really start? I would say one of the bigger things to do is first look at what you think you can keep up with. That's what I try to tell people. Um, YouTube is a tough place, right? Because it's saturated, lots of people. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing is realizing what can I keep up with? Right. You know, so if you're going to go into something like YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, and I haven't even really, I've really just started on Instagram and I'm mm -hmm. starting to get better at that. Mm -hmm. But giving yourself that learning curve and the time and also figuring out what will it be that will make you different in the game? Uh, what can you offer people and how often can you offer it? That's how you do it. Yeah. Um, so I usually tell people, if you can only post every other week, start there, but start right mm -hmm. get there and start and see what you can offer and where the holes or the gaps are um what is it that you would like to see more of what can you do um so so not only that so figuring out your platform where you'll put out that information but also researching people love for other people to tell them what to do <laughs> but i had <laughs> i had to learn at a time where i came up on youtube there wasn't a lot of this going on so I had to research what are different companies that are out there. Amazon, how can I make affiliates? Amazon allows you to sign up, no matter who you are, to become an affiliate. Yeah. And at least put in your post the things that you love. That's a way to make a couple extra dollars true, here and true. there. 
Um, so just doing that research was what how I learned. I literally also went under those who were doing the things that I wanted to do and looked at how they were doing it. Even if I didn't reach out to them directly, mm-hmm. I would have looked at their story or saw how they were doing things. And I think that that's another issue with our, our oh, I'm millennial, so I can, I can attest to this. <laughs> we don't like to look for information. Mm-mm. And sometimes it's right there in front of you. You know, I went and looked at people's videos and saw what they were putting in, how they were infusing their joy for products and how they got in touch with different companies and people and things like that. So if you're starting, do that research first so you can have a basis. Also, secondly, realize it won't be perfect and it won't make you money immediately. You have to stick with it. And once you stick with it, continue to make uh, the the networking uh, relationships. Also doing that research on things that you can affiliate yourself with that are natural for mm-hmm. you, that you can continue to talk about then you will start to see the game and you have to allow that time to come to pass. So I would say first, number one, if I was going to give a a list of Mm -hmm. three, number one, look at the platforms, see what suits you best because some people like Facebook, some people like Instagram, some people like Twitter, some people like YouTube. See what suits you best, see what you can stick with, do research within that area. There's so many different tutorials and things out there on ways for you to be successful at it. Start small, Make your expectations low. And then number two, stay consistent. Number three, do more research on things you can affiliate yourself with that could bring in even more money on top of what your pursuits are with the different platforms mm-hmm. um, and work those in naturally. So I would say that's the way you start. Those are the baby steps. Ooh, okay. So I wrote all those down. <laughs> But, you know, you know, my platform puts the information together for the people and then they take it from there. There's also YouTube University, as you said. So it's just to to do the work, right? Yeah, we have to be. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel like they're afraid to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. Or they want it to be exactly like yours. And and. And I've had that issue because I've had people say, well, how can I just recreate what you've done? I can't believe you've done that and you've had a full-time life and you still managed to get the number. Mm-hmm. I said, well, it's, it's a combination of things, right. right? So I even had to do research for that. I didn't always put out content, but what I knew was when I put up content, it had to make sense. Right. It had to apply to the times and it had to be appealing to an audience that was looking for specific things. But that took research. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just throw up things that I wanted to throw up or that people, you know, were trending for right then. I had to figure out and ask the question. Sometimes I ask my audience, <laughs> like, what do you want to mm-hmm. see? What can I guarantee you will click on and look right. at? <laughs> um, and I think that many of us don't count the network we already have as that network. My first network were my friends and family. Right. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, you start there. What would you want to hear from a person like me? You know me. So what would you want to know? You know, and and that was how I started. And as that grew, I think we're also not afraid of feedback, too, to feed into Mm -hmm. that. So I had to learn to soften myself to feedback because not everybody was going to give it real sweet. You know, some people were like, you were too loud in that video. Or I couldn't hear you. Or your camera was horrible. (laughs) Uh, Or could you do a different Right, right. Like, what is that? 
I had to be willing to take that yeah. in. And that is why the work, you know, people come to me now and they're like, man, how do you film? How do you edit? Oh, we've come a long way. Honey. Mm-hmm. Click on video one. <laughs> I'm gonna need for you to <laughs> I know start back at square <laughs> <Right>? one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it doesn't just start like this. And I don't want you to start there because your audience wants something to look forward right. to. They want to see you grow right. as they mm-hmm. grow. And so that's important. Yes, I love that. They want to see you grow as they grow because they they're grow you're growing together. They feel connected. I love that. I love that. Right. And so what inspired you to to start your mentorship program? Because that's something that you're doing as well. What what were you seeing around you that, you know, you're like, yeah, I got to do that. Well, I'm going to tell you, (laughs) praise God, talking about being a hustler. I've had so many people, all levels of life. I'm talking attorneys. I'm talking doctors i'm talking street corner hustlers. yes i'm talking to anybody mm-hmm. has reached out to me and say how much can i pay you for you to coach wow i i've had i get that often mm-hmm. um and so it's no way in the world for me to coach all these people right yeah you know i do plan on doing some master coaching so that will be an addition to my program oh. and i will only take a few people on mm-hmm. that but i wanted a platform where i could impart knowledge that I'm not necessarily able to get into very deeply on my platforms as they are. Um, So building out this mentorship membership, uh, which has been consistently constructed over the course of a year and a half, there's been a lot of work going into this. Um, It, it helped me to create six classes for it to release on. It's going to be continued classes, uploading and updating that I feel like are the top things that people come to me about right mm-hmm. now so that they have self, self-taught self classes but monthly webinars that people who are on my other platforms don't have access to. Um, they have an, a, a chance to have Q&A and monthly office hours with me um, to be able to uh, ask certain questions and talk like we're talking right now. Um, and so the reason why I wanted to do that is because once you reach the masses, it's really hard to give that. It's really hard to be in depth. It's really hard to not just hit people with the 10 minute videos, right. yeah. you know, um, some people need more and they need more to build on. And I wanted to help people in places where I had to learn the hard way. Um, and I had to go on this journey, but maybe their journey can be different by the knowledge that I've collected and that they can apply um, at a higher level at a higher level than my social media platforms, at a higher level than just reading a self-help book or an ebook, at a higher level uh, that makes them feel more connected to why, to the why and to the Mm -hmm. how. As you can imagine, it's taken a lot of my time over the past year and a half to really infuse those things and infuse feedback and my research Mm -hmm. and all of the things that I've done there in order to bring people something that they can really lean on and depend on uh, and, and can't really get from me across the social media platform so it's going to be exclusive um so that's been a big thing and then also um at the forefront of that is my master uh coaching that will be happening outside of that which we will also be kind of piloting at the same time uh, furthermore eventually i plan to have a private practice which is what i want to do um to help the community but not only that, to be able to work with other psychologists in various fields. Tell me, Dr. Neal, can we, can we really have it all? Yes. Okay. Explain. But, but there's a caveat. <laughs> okay. There is a caveat. Yeah. 
I think we can have it all, but we also have to adjust our expectations to reality. Mm. Uh, with that said, that's not limiting your dreams or your right. goals. That's just saying a lot of times we pop up in, with these great ideas of what we want to do, but we don't have the wherewithal to follow it up. You have to start small. You find you can have it all when you stick to even the small goals, right? right? So the caveat here is being able to start a plan, start a goal, breaking it down into small pieces, and then allowing life to happen while you happen, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, And so while you're working towards what you can, also accepting to the pitfalls and being able to detour when necessary in order to get to where you want to go. And so everything that I've accomplished and people say I have it all, there's still so much to have. Um, I would say that it's come with pitfalls and it's come with acknowledging those, but also being willing to detour when necessary. Mm -hmm. So you can't have it all when you adjust your expectations accordingly and also abide by your own rules, seek your prayer, your meditation, your mental health uh, counselors, your spiritual counselor. Um, and keep yourself in order and seek people who are where you want to be and be able to hear the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Unless you're willing to get through the hard stuff, you can't have it all. So that's the caveat. Okay. You heard it here. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> now, last question. You you are a woman of many talents. Um, you know, you, you've listed some off in the beginning, some of the things that you were a part of as a child and, and so forth. And so are there any hidden talents that you have that, you know, we are unaware of? I think uh, though some people know about mm-hmm. it, I, I think they just don't know at what level the rat Oh, okay. Um, that's something that, I mean, when I was younger, I was hardcore on it. I even won the rap battle at the Hard Knock Life concert. Oh my goodness. In St. Louis, Missouri. I was the only one that didn't get booed. I was the only one that got a standing ovation. I will never forget it. Um, my mother told me immediately after when record companies were even talking to us, you are going to school. <laughs> um, but it is always, I've always been great lyrically, which I think is the reason why my cadence, my speech, those types of things that people enjoy about me, they think it just comes from being a good orator. It really comes from the rap mm-hmm. skills. I think the ability to alliterate, to use words quickly, to uh, help people visualize things and to tell a story. Uh, and so my rap skills have really been uh, something that I think is more of a healing, hidden talent for a lot of so people. So are you, are you ready to, to drop something right now? Or? <laughs> are you ready? Well, you know, I can. I don't, I don't know what might come out. Let's see. Okay, Let's okay. See. Keep it PG. <laughs> Okay, okay, we'll keep it peachy. <laughs> My flow's as deep as an ocean and there is wide as the sea. Are you sure you can catch up with me? Because nobody can see me. I'm constantly putting them all in check, so you better be ready for this shit. Some people really don't know. Nina be busting her flows. All the haters, they try their best to just bring me on down, but they didn't know I'm a Mac and a player and I'm easy to clown. No, baby, you know I ain't fake. And yes, my flows go just fine, so all my haters and tricks and O's know that I ain't got the time. Ooh. Okay, okay. All right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I got to get you in person to do that on a stage somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That was it was such a pleasure to have you tell me 
what's coming up. I know the mentorship program is coming up. Um, anything else you want to share? Any projects? We need to know what's going on with you. Yes. Um, so there's a lot in the works. The mentorship membership is huge on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mainly because it's going to be, it's it's a whole totally built out platform for yeah. me. It's not yeah. off of any one platform. I'm literally have paid for this to be built Good. out. Yeah. Um, and I'm putting my blood, sweat, and tears into that. In the future, I do plan to extend to my community and not only my community, but the community of others. Um, I'm going to be doing, the hope is the private practice. And I'm thinking by next year, we should be able to get that up and running. And I want it to be more of a community-based effort mm-hmm. uh, where I'm able to give, um, you know, talks to the masses, but also bring them in for specialized psychological assessment, therapy, counseling, um, neurological, neuropsychological assessment as well. Um, and I want to work with a team of psychologists on that. Mm-hmm. And also the skin care and hair care. Uh, I, I'm not going to get into the hair care, but I am most interested in the skincare piece, I know a lot of people follow me for a lot of the mixtures that I like to mix up. It's just things it's that true. I, like I got do. one under my cover. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I love that kind of thing. And I've really been working with uh, uh, getting the idea or getting the face together for a very basic and minimal skincare line mm-hmm. um, that can help people with everyday things and just help them feel better about themselves, feel softer, feel freer. <laughs> feel yeah. uh, you know less scarred if you will mm-hmm. um, and do something nice for themselves at an affordable price so I know that that's coming those are the three bigger projects and I also plan on some meetings I know with the state of the world right now we can't do uh, meetups yeah. and things but yeah. I do plan to before that plan some virtual ones uh, that are good programs that are uh, you know a day with Dr. E- Dr. Nina you know where they can come and com- commune and ask questions and really learn from my expertise and, and things that I can offer them for their lives to be as best as they can be. Awesome. And I'm, I know you have more coming aside from those. Yes. <laughs> we need, we need more time. More. We need more time. <laughs> yes. Yes. We have a lot going, but it's great. Those awesome. are the bigger ones. Awesome. Awesome. So if, if um, someone were looking for your services, looking to connect with you, uh, looking to email you, you know, watch you on YouTube, where can we find you? What platforms are you on? So first off, my website, which will house everything. It does house everything. Mm-hmm. com. Um, or Beautiful Brown Baby Doll or Dr. Nina across YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Snapchat. Um, also, you can email me at hi at drninaellishervey.com um, or my administrator admin at drninaellishervey.com. Um, and uh, soon there will be the membership. So membership at drninaellishervey.com. So oh. there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of ways for people to reach me. And then also at my podcast, my podcast is Now That's Life with Dr. Nina. Um, and it's across all platforms, Anchor, uh, Apple, I, I mean, everywhere you can look, Stitcher, Google, it's everywhere. It's there. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm so grateful to have you on, Dr. Nina. I, I apologize for all the glitches. We gonna fix everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's fine. I understand. Believe me, I've yeah. been building and doing all this for years. Oh, I know technology. I know. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
we we can't live without it exactly can't live with it all without it oh there you go thank you so much again for your time thank you so much for the knowledge that you've given us you know i know my audience is gonna love this thank you so much for your time Ah, thank you thank you and we'll probably be reaching back out to you but as we'll be having um some people come on as well so i've been looking for good people to have on and have conversations with so i am more i am more than happy to do that thank you so much i really appreciate your time thank you and you have a great day you as well take care bye-bye you too Imagine being able to create your own schedule. Be free from the traffic world of the nine to five land. Imagine waking up and spending more time with your family. Imagine being able to start your business with little to no experience. Imagine being able to have all the resources you need to help you with that process. Well, if this is something you want for yourself, your imagination can become your reality. Reach out to me at I am Koyeta on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can also email me at info at Koyeta.com. And let's turn that dream into your reality. Your business is closer than you think. That was my sit down with beautiful brown baby doll, a.k.a. or Dr. Nina Ellis Hervey, a.k.a. beautiful brown baby doll. Such a great conversation. So insightful, so informative. I I didn't want to stop the conversation, to be honest. Um, She was such a pleasure to work with. So patient. Um, Honestly, I want to do a live and have her on like it was it was so great. I hope you guys were able to get everything you needed to get from there. Her mentorship program has has started. So if you're interested in that, I have all the links uh, in this episode. So you're able to click on get to her courses if you want to reach her like it's all there. So again, I hope you were able to get what you needed to get from this episode. Okay, and I hope this inspires you to move to to go forward to to plan to make moves because now is that's exactly what we need to be doing. We need to be making moves. So until next time, take care. Bye bye. Don't forget. Don't forget to like, comment, share everything you do matters to me everything you do matters to us everything you do counts and so those things really keep this podcast going so thank you all again and enjoy the rest of your day until next time